This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's late Friday night, and you know what that means. It's time for our tired episode. Ten minute read of a story that is sure to help you create the calm that you need and to help you push the week's trials and tribulations out of your head and help you to fall into a peaceful night's rest. This season, my background music to help you relax is music provided by Nature Healing Society. And all of the stories I will read are from Leo Tolstoy, an author I have read from before, and who you may know of as a writer of war and peace. The story is called Where Love Is, God Is. And I think it's interesting that it's about God and a man who finds God again in his later years. Because Leo Tolstoy himself was raised Christian, and when he was older, he had abandoned God, and then started to find him again in his later years. But first, I have a message from my sponsors. My sponsor is a tea company, but it is not an ordinary tea company for they are extraordinary in not only their inventory, but in their beliefs in helping this world to be a better place. They are Plum Deluxe, and they can be found at PlumDeluxe.com. This tea company has such an amazing selection of teas, including their sleepy teas, such as their classic Cuddle Time Tea, which is chamomile, vanilla, and peppermint. Or the nightcap that works wonders with valerian root and peppermint. Or what about the calm and fruity tranquil peach, which is peach and chamomile. And then there's a chamomile with tart and crisp lemon notes, which is called cozy tranquil dream. And that is with rosehip and lemongrass and chamomile. And then there is the calm chamomile, which is lavender, rose, and chamomile. It is the most floral of the bunch. And they also have a huge variety of herbal teas in wonderful flavors with an amazing taste. Besides the calming effects of teas, numerous studies, including those at Penn Medicine, have found that teas boost your immune system and help your heart. There are so many benefits to tea. And here's one more. When you buy tea from PlumDeluxe.com, they get the chance once more to show how they care about making this world 
a better place to live. You see, they're not paying me a dime for this ad. Rather, they're going to be sending teas to the Crime Victims Assistance Center. They provide counseling and assistance and education. Please go to PlumDeluxe.com. You'll be amazed at their selection and the quality of their teas. I like to think of stories as windows and mirrors. So either you see yourself or it transports you to another world you haven't ever seen before. When you're writing a novel, you can put all your jokes in and then whittle it down until just the best ones are left. When we're on an airplane, it's one of the few times where we're not super connected. What would happen right now if something terrible happened? I thought, if I can pull this off, I've done something nobody's ever done. And that's exactly what happened. You can't get more right than Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Hey, everybody. This is Cindy Burnett, and I am the host of the Thoughts from a Page podcast. Several times a week, I interview authors about their latest works. We chat about their covers, their titles, sometimes what inspired them, and always what makes their book stand out. I hope you'll check out my podcast. It can be found on all of the major platforms, including Apple and Spotify. Thanks so much. Heavy Duty Promos at HeavyDutyPromos.com is the premier promotional products company for when you need a promotional product. And you may be asking yourself, why consider promotional products? Well, quite simply, because they work. There is a mountain of evidence that support this claim. And I want you to think about the promotional products you may have yourself. 91% of people have at least one promotional product in their kitchen. 74% of people have at least one promotional product in their work area. 55% of people have at least one promotional product in their bedroom, closet, or storage space. And the evidence on promotional products goes on and on. Because beyond this compelling data showing the staying power of promotional products, there is truly no better way for a company to differentiate themselves to reach their target audience. Consumers are overwhelmed by advertising messages all day long, by commercials when watching the morning news, by seeing billboards and hearing jingles while listening to the radio on their way to work, by ads when reading the paper or their smartphone or their tablet. A consumer simply cannot escape the barrage of images designed to get them to take action in one way or another. However, a promotional product is different. It connects people to a brand in ways all other mediums cannot. A large survey recently concluded that 76% of people recalled the specific product, the advertiser, and the message of a promotional product that they had received in the past two years. And while there are plenty of companies in the industry space selling t-shirts and logoed pens, there are very few companies that actually take the time to learn their clients' goals and initiatives. Less of a sales organization and more of a promotional consultancy 
Heavy Duty Promos looks to provide the best solutions to fulfill those goals and initiatives. Drawing from their background and experience, their relationships with the best manufacturers in the world, Heavy Duty Promos is thrilled at the opportunity to work with you on all of your promotional product objectives. To learn what they can do for you, call their National Marketing Manager, Nicole Crowley, at 607-427-6351. And you can also text her. Either way, you'll find her very informative and very helpful. She's not about pushing for a sale, but rather giving you the information that you need so you can make the decisions that you want. And you could also reach her by email at ncrowley at heavydutypromos.com. In a certain town, there lived a cobbler named Martin. He had a tiny room in the basement, the one window of which looked out onto the street. Through it, he could see the feet of the people who passed by. But Martin recognized all the people by their boots. For he had lived long in this place and had many acquaintances. There was hardly a pair of boots in the neighborhood that had not been once or twice with the work of this man. Why, he had done everything with all the people's boots from resoling them to patching them. Some he had stitched up, and to some he even put fresh uppers. He had plenty of work to do, for he worked well, and he used good material and did not charge too much and could be relied on. If he could do a job by the day that was required, he undertook it, and if he could not, the truth is, he would tell them, I cannot accept it, for I will not make any false promises. And so he was well known, and he was never short of any work. And Martin had always been a good man, but in his old age, he began to think more and more about his soul, and wanted to draw near to God. While he still worked for a master before he set up his own account, his wife had died, leaving him with a three-year-old son. None of his elder sons had lived, for they had all died in infancy. At first, Martin thought of sending his little boy to his sisters out in the country, but then he felt sorry for the boy, thinking how hard it would be for the boy to live with such a strange family, and decided that he would keep the boy near to him. So Martin left his master and went into lodgings with his little son. But he had no luck with his children, for no sooner had the boy reached an age where he could help his father and be a support, as well as a joy for him, that the little boy fell ill and after being laid up for a week with a burning fever, the little boy died. Martin buried his son and gave way to despair, and his despair was so great and overwhelming that he could be heard murmuring against God. In his sorrow, he prayed again and again that he too 
might die, reproaching God for having taken the son that he so loved, his only son, while he himself was old and still alive. And after that, Martin left off going to church. One day, an old man from Martin's native village, who had been a pilgrim for the last eight years, called in on his way from the monastery. And Martin opened his heart to him and told him of the sorrow. I no longer even wish to live, holy man, he said. All that I ask of God is that I may soon die. I am now quite without hope in this world. To which the old man replied, You have no right to say such things, Martin. We cannot judge God's way. Not our reasoning, but God's will is what decides what will happen. If God will that your son should die, and you should live, it must be so, and that must be the best outcome. As to your despair, that comes because you wish to live for your own happiness. Well, what else would I live for you? asked Martin. For God, Martin, said the old man. He gives you life, and you must live for him. When you have learned to live for him, you will grieve no more, and all will seem easy to you. Martin was silent for a while, and then he asked, But how is one to live for God? And the old man answered, How one may live for God has been shown to us through Christ. Martin, can you read? If so, then I ask you to buy the Gospels and read them, and that is where you will find how God would have you live. You have it all there. These words sank deep into Martin's heart, and that same day he went and bought himself a testament in large print, and he began to read. At first, he meant only to read on holidays, but having once again begun, he found it that it made his heart sing and so light that he changed his ways and began to read it every single day. Sometimes he was so absorbed in his reading that the oil in his lamp would burn out before he could tear himself away from the book. He continued to read every night, and the more he read, the more clearly he understood what God required of him and how he might live for God. And his heart grew lighter and lighter. Before, when he went to bed, he used to lie with a very heavy heart, moaning as he thought of his little boy. But now he only repeated again and again, Glory to thee, glory to thee, O Lord. Thy will be done. From that time on, Martin's whole life had changed. Formerly, on holidays, he used to go and have tea at the public house and did never refuse a glass or two of vodka. And sometimes, after having a drop with a friend, he left the public house not drunk, but merry and would say foolish things and shout at men and abuse them. And now all that sort of thing was past him, 
His life was peaceful. His life was joyful. He sat down to his work in the morning, and when he had finished his day's work, he took the lamp down from the wall and stood it on the table and fetched his book from the shelf and opened it and began to read. The more he read, the better he understood, and the clearer and the happier his mind was. It happened once that Martin sat up late and absorbed in his book. He was reading Luke's Gospel, and in the sixth chapter, he came upon the verses. To him that smite thee on one cheek, offer also the other. And from him that taketh away thy cloth, withhold not thy coat also. Give to every man that asks thee, and of him that taketh away thy gods, ask them not again. And as ye would the men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. He also read the verses where the Lord says, And why call ye, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whomsoever come to me and heareth my sayings, and doth them, it will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house, and digged deeper and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he who hear and is like a man that is without a foundation, built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of the house was great. When Martin read these words, his soul was glad within him. He took off his spectacles and laid them on the book, and leaning his elbows on the table pondered over when he had read. He tried his own life by the standards those words asking himself, Is my house built on a rock, or is my house built on sand? If it stands on the rock, it is well. It seems easy enough while one sits there alone, and one thinks one has done all that God commands. But as soon as I cease to be on my guard, I sin again. Still I persevere. It brings such joy. Oh, help me, O Lord. I do hope that you like this story. And until next Friday night, good night.